Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Today, our guest is Eric Modney. He is a angler out of, multi-species angler out of Ontario, and he fishes the west side of Lake Ontario. Eric, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks. Eric, tell us a little bit about uh, kind of the port that you typically fish out of and kind of kind of what your deal is and, and what you're up to out on Lake Ontario. I live right on the shoreline of Lake Ontario, basically, and there's, there's a survey right beside my marina. So it only makes sense for me to keep my boat in that marina because I can, at the drop of a hat, go fishing, right? I keep my boat there, put it in the water, and... Within an hour, I got six lines in the water. I like to focus on, you know, Great Lakes trolling as far as salmon and trout. I'm not a big lake trout guy, but it's it's just so easy because it's on my back door. And I don't see the point of really going much else, like when I have such a great fishery in my back pocket. You know what I'm trying to say? Sure. Uh, when you've got the best, there's no need to look for others. So <laughs> yeah, you're, you're I don't travel lake. far to go fishing. Some guys go, they, they trailer their boats for hours just to go catch walleyes. Like I'd rather just put my boat in the water in five minutes and go catch salmon because they're right here. Sure. And that's what I wanted to talk to you today about was your boat. And you know, a lot of people think to fish the great lakes, you need a 30 footer, you need this big boat, but kind of what, what drew me to you is that, that you've got what I think a lot of people would consider a small boat. It's a trailerable boat. Um, but you just said you don't trailer it too often to places. Tell me about tell no, me not really, and kind of what you have and and, and what you're using out on the lake. Well, I got a 2018 Lund 2075 Tai. It's got a 250 Verado Pro and a 9.9 Pro Kicker, and I I just love it. Number one for me was I have two small kids and my wife. Okay, so I wanted a safe boat with high sides. That when I'm out in the water, it's going to be stable. It's going to keep my kids in the boat, which is, you know, number one priority, right? Because their first intuition when you're on the boat is to try and jump over the side for some reason. But <laughs> when I'm out in the swell, it's crazy, man. But when I'm out in the swells, I never feel like I'm going to be having a rogue wave come over the back of the boat or I'm going to get washed over the side. I can have three guys leaning on the side of my boat trying to net a fish or manage lines and you know the boat doesn't rock over or anything like that so it's, to me it's very stable and that was a like a huge thing that I was looking for when I bought that boat yeah. plus it's a great family boat like not all the time do I go fishing with my family well we'll hop in let's get some friends and we'll just cruise down the shoreline right and my my boat's nice enough it's not just a fishing machine that you know the ladies can sit up front like a bow rider taking the views and the sunset and me and the guys can be in the back. We got the tunes going and you know, sometimes the downriggers are still on the, on the tracks just in case I mark fish, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you put a lot of thought into it. You've got the boat that, that worked best for what you're up to and, and how yeah. you use it. Tell me a little bit about, um, you talked about rods. How do you have the rods and your downriggers and everything set up on that boat? It's got, five foot birch tracks on each side 
I think that was the biggest that I could put in there on each side because of where um, factory mounted um, cleats were and whatnot. But I keep uh, Scotty two one one six like the Pro Pack Don riggers on each side, and I push them right to the very back. The booms are extended probably four and a half feet. They're pretty long, but I run a downrigger at the very back, and then about a couple feet up from the downrigger, I have just a Canon single axis rod, ratcheting rod holder. I use those for my gypsy rods. Uh, just I like the way like they're so stable. They're they're easy. I don't need to tilt them on an angle, right? They're just basic for me. And it manages the rods by keeping the butt ends of the rod on the outside of the boat. I don't have any rod butt ends on the inside of the boat, which is a big space saver when you're fishing in a small boat on Lake Ontario. And then um, sometimes I have a couple sets of Scotty track adapters put in there for good measure in case I need anything else because I do have some extra Scotty stuff that I keep on the boat with me. And then I run uh, trolling trees on each side, sometimes not even for long lines, but sometimes just to help me manage rods when I'm fighting fish or even going to and from fishing spots, right? It's just a spot for me to put fish, or sorry, put fishing rods out of the way, off the floor, and in a secure location where I know they're not going to get tangled or stepped on or, or have something fall on them and break. To me, it's just the ideal setup. I normally don't run any more than six rods tops. Sometimes I find that even too much of a hassle if I have um, inexperienced anglers in the boat and it's just me trying to do everything. Primarily, I'm running always two downriggers and two dipsies, sometimes a 10-color lead core or 400 copper. But depending on the situation, I mean, that can all change, right? Tell me about the electronics you have on board here. Well, I have two Lowrance HDS9 Gen 3 units and the Ethernet together. So I have a Navionics chip in the one, and it kind of goes off both for Lake Ontario. And the, the great part about these graphs is I wanted two because they sit low on the dash. I don't have one big monster 12-inch graph that I run everything off of. Having the two 9-inch graphs, and I keep them low. I can see over my windshield when I'm driving and I'm sitting down. And I usually use one for my charting. Uh, so setting waypoints or watching engine diagnostics or whatever. And my other one, I when I'm trolling, I run either a 2D sonar side scan or um, sometimes a structure scan or any a combination of all three, right? Depending on how I'm fishing. Springtime, run the side scan. I find that I find that often I use medium chirp settings on the 2D sonar. And I, I get best results because I can see my downrigger ball is no problem on the graph. And it's it's no mistake when you're marking fish and it's very easy to follow. And I, I make my numbers really big as far as my, my depth and my temperatures and stuff like that because I can uh, see them from the back deck of my boat when I'm setting lines on my downriggers. And then on top of those two things, I also have my Fishhawk uh, X4, which to me, I mean, it's perfect because I, I need to know my down speed and my down temperature. Everything else is great because of that, but when you're, I find this all shore, like the currents can get really weird. Like I can be going two miles an hour on the surface speed, and then sometimes in my ball, it's only going one five, one one, or even faster sometimes. So it's something I really, 
I really pay close attention to because I, growing up fishing in the lake, I didn't have much success with me and my dad and, and friends sometimes. We didn't have that. We would just troll blind and say, oh, yeah, the downrigger cables, they're at a 45-degree angle, so we're good. Like, that's just things people talked about, right? Because back then, nobody had that. But now, with the advancement of technology and the availability of stuff like the fish hawk, it makes targeting fish, it's like hunting. It's like almost not fair. That's good. You maximize your time out there. It sounds like uh, you, you do some things with, with your family and you do some things, you bring some friends on board. So it sounds like, uh, well, that's a, yeah, that's part of it, right? Like if it's not always me fishing with my buddies that know what they're doing. A lot of the times I go out there and I have people fishing with me, whether it's family or other friends that, you know, they, they know how to pass a bobber or some bass gear, but they don't know the first thing about trolling great lakes for any type of big fish. Right. So my electronics are like my, my first mates, like they're the ones that are telling me what's going on because I can't rely on the other people in my boat. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a great point. It's, it's giving you the ability to, to, you know, you're not a guide. You're, you're a guy that likes to, to go out with friends and stuff, but it gives you the ability to really kind of be the guide for people who are really just kind of getting introduced to this type of fishing. And it's silly because it always, it does always feel like that because when I bring my friends out there that aren't familiar with trolling, you know, they always ask me, oh, yeah, we're going fishing. Should I bring my tackle box? Like, what kind of rods do I need? And I'm like, listen, pal, like, leave the Ned rigs at home. Like, we're not going to need those today, right? Constantly, <laughs> constantly, I'm looking at my screens. And they're like, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? And usually by the end of the day, they're saying, hey, your downspeed's too fast. Or, hey, uh, we're starting to go in a circle. You might want to move the Trovo over or whatever. And they start keying in on these things that I'm looking at. Cause I'm, I'm, I guess I'm teaching them as we go along, right? That's that's awesome. The, it's, it's pretty cool. It's it's cool how people catch on like that, right? It's it's pretty funny. Right. They you know they get excited when they get excited when they see a big hook on the screen. Oh, there's a monster down there, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're an ambassador, that and that's what we need. I wanted to talk to you about motors too. So you've got a Bowmont troller, okay. you've got you've got the kicker, and then you've got the big two fifty. What went into to yeah. using the the motors that you've got on the boat? Okay, well I'll go one by one then. Two fifty Verado Pro. It's a monster, okay? Uh, I think it even makes more than 250 horsepower from what I've read online. But uh, but a big boat like this, I can put, it says it's rated for nine people, but I've, I've never had that many. But, you know, a lot of my friends, I'm 210 pounds. A lot of my buddies are taller than me, and they're like, they weigh 250, 260, and, you know, you're four guys in a boat. There's a thousand pounds of guys, plus what I would consider for me a tournament load of, uh, you know, full live wells and you know, all your tackle and gear. Like, you need power to get on step get on pad and be able to ride waves and manage driving in big water if you have to, right? So you can't be, I, I hardly ever drive my motor full tilt, hardly ever. Like a lot of times I'm cruising max 25 to 35 miles an hour because that's a comfortable speed for people who aren't used to being in a boat, right? And it's not scary, especially if you're in waves. Now, having all that extra power on hand, if I need to get on plane, to get above the, uh, the waves is, always what I wanted. I hated when I was younger, you know, you want to get on a plane, you got a hammer, and if you're not keeping the the 20, the 20 horse Johnson full tilt, you're coming off step and you're just going to be plowing. And it's, it's not safe, especially if you're going to be out on the big lake, right? Like you could be out 10 miles, the lake kicks up and, you know, you're going to have a rough ride home and you're going to get wet and you may have to call somebody for help. Like, and that's not ever what I wanted to deal with. So having a good power plant that's reliable, I know it's going to start every time. 
and I know it's got enough power to get me and my family in front of the So that's the 250 Verado Pro Merc. And I run a three pitch Tempest Plus, 19, uh, three blade Tempest Plus 19 pitch prop on there. And I mean, the whole shot's good enough for me. I'm not a tournament guy, they're like a bass guy. So I don't need to jump out of the water, but you know, with six people on board, it does no problem. Uh, the 99 kicker, it's uh, tied to the Verado, but I normally use that motor just for just for thrust. All my steering comes from my uh, Minkota Tarova. Sometimes I turn the uh, the wheel in my boat that's tied the Verado to the 99 just to help with uh, crosswinds and whatnot to try and keep the boat kind of straight so the tail end isn't wagging out to the side. But for the most part, it's just providing thrust. It starts for me every time. Uh, as long as you got the bulb primed and uh, you, you know you take care of the motor, I've never had a problem with it. And it just it, it keeps me pushing straight. And it and it I hardly use any gas. A lot of people see my boat and they see the big motor and they hear it when I start up with the ramp and it sounds like a beast. But once I'm out there, I control all day 2.2 to 2.8 miles an hour for like less than 20 bucks. And I think it blows people's minds when they find out that I only use an eight tank of gas on a 12 hour day of fishing. So for me, that's huge. And it's also handy to have if for whatever reason, my Merc Verado didn't start. Um, I got a backup just to try and limp home. And then I have a 112 thrust Minn Kota Tarova up front with the, auto, uh, with the iPilot. I don't have iPilot link because I don't have any uh, Humbird electronics. But for me, you know, it's a it's an extra man you know i keep the remote on my neck or on my waist and while i'm setting lines or while i'm dealing with fish or whatever you have going on in the boat all i got to do is click left or right with my uh remote around my neck when it's an autopilot and i know that it's going to take me there exactly to where i need i can make steering corrections when i'm seeing boats off in the distance and we got planer boards out that i'm not going to hit anything like it's it's really super super handy and the first time i ever used it i was thinking to myself like how come i never got this 20 years ago right and it's it's really made an advancement as far as trolling on the great lakes because now when i'm out there and i see other small boats like myself this guy's an even smaller boat than me everybody with a multi-species boat that's fishing salmon or trout on lake ontario is running the bow mount trolling motor, whether it be motor guide, Minkota, whatever, they're all steering with the remote and pulling. It's like it's pulling the boat where you want to go instead of pushing from the back. So you're not fighting crosswinds on the bow. It, it just makes it so easy, and it's it's awesome. I, I don't even know what I'd do without it now. Thanks for laying that out, Eric. You really did a nice job painting the picture of how that works. Um, <laughs> man, I tell you, like it's like Picasso out there, man. You just make a masterpiece when you're pulling those lines behind the boat. Yeah, that, and that's what I wanted to ask you next. You've put a lot of thought and a lot of, a lot of energy and work into making your boat what it is. If there was something that you could change about it, what would you change about it? Uh, well, you know what? The reason, like, I have a 2018 tie, and the reason why I wanted that one was because I think it was the last model of that Lund made in that style where it had the big wraparound windshield. So the boat itself like the windshield the most of it wouldn't make a difference but to me that's it just it makes the style of the boat awesome it has more protected from the elements right with the wraparound windshield and i don't know i don't know i don't think i would change anything like i love my boat 
I think maybe if I could get a 48 volt system for my bow mount trolling motor, that'd be great. But I don't even know if that exists. Uh, some like I, it's got a 72 inch shaft on the motor. Sometimes I wish that that was longer, but it's already like as long as you can get. I think because in a big wave, if you've got big waves and there's three of us sitting at the back of the boat, it puts a lot of weight back there. And sometimes the prop for the Minkota will come out of the water. So somebody's got to move forward to keep the bow weight down. So the prop doesn't come up. That's maybe something that I would love to have different, but I don't know. For me, it's a complete fishing machine, man. Like it's, it's not, it's the way it is because I've made it like that and I've thought about it. And, and I, there's not much that I want to change. Like maybe a couple extra speakers in a subwoofer just for party time. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, she, she, she puts fish in the boat and, uh everyone's happy and has a great time when i'm on it and like that's all i can ask for right i mean maybe if it was solar powered or hybrid that'd be great too but i don't i don't spend a lot of money on gas each season man it's you know you, you want to drive a lamborghini lamborghini with a lead foot you're going to pay for it at the pump but if you're easy on it it's i don't know i love it i wouldn't change much awesome. and i'm just i'm just saying this stuff because you asked me but i've never thought about it before yeah, no, that's great. That's I, I hope that you learn something from this as well. But I, I love the picture that you're, <laughs> that's kind of what goes into the thought process. I think for people that are really thinking about getting a, a new boat for themselves next year, I, I think what you're doing is kind of giving them an idea of what to look for and what they should be doing. Is there something that I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about today? No, I just, you know, we talked about boat layout and whatnot. But like one thing I can tell you is, a lot of guys that fish the Great Lakes, at least in Lake Ontario that I'm familiar with, and I'm talking big names, like guys that are always fishing tournaments and whatnot, sponsored anglers, and, and if they have aluminum multi-species boats that they fish out of for salmon or trout or trolling, I find that we all kind of have the same setups. It's like it's like people have started to figure it out and thought, hey, that's a great idea, and everyone jumps on board. And you know, if you got most guys out here, if you got an aluminum fishing boat. They have a bow mount trolling motor. They're running long tracks and they have the downriggers all the way to the back. Then they got their dipsy rod. And then they got their, what, well, a lot of what guys do is they run the, the Lund sports track mounts near the back with Scotty Orca down, um, Scotty Orca rod holders. And they run them straight up off the back that they put their downrigger rod in. They don't run them off the actual downrigger themselves. And it's almost like one of those downy salty rod holders, right? So they crank their rod down and when the po- uh, clip pops, it's right there and they get a great downrigger angle to, to the ball. It's not, the rods kind of go straight off the back. That's a really popular thing that I've noticed out here on the great lakes. And um, I don't know, a lot of guys have the same setups because it works for the small boats and it's, it's a no brainer. Like once you can keep rod butts out of the, out of the boat and you gain space and you're not tripping on things in the boat, you're not bumping into things. Like I, I you know, my dipsy rods, they're so expensive. I would have a heart attack if, I had a rod butt inside of the boat and somebody knocked into it and it just went in the drink. I don't even know what I'd do. I think I'd jump in after it. I, I think uh, th- there's a lot of guys that be swimming with you to go after that. Yeah, I, I think I would. Well, Eric, I really appreciate you coming on today. It was fun talking to you. And I think you... Uh, hey, no problem. I had a good time, yeah. Some great insights. If people want to follow you and kind of the adventures and what you're up to, where can they uh, find out more about you? Okay, well, uh, you know, I just recently started this Instagram account because I figured, hey, if I'm going to go fishing and take pictures, I might as well just have like a, just a fishing-based account. So I, it's called at Modley Crew Fishing. And there's, uh, you've, you know, if you look it up, I'm sure you'll find it. I just started it like a couple months ago, and uh, the feedback that I've been getting is great. Uh, 
it's 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 crazy how many people reach out and they give you uh, good vibes and the support and stuff like that on social media, which is pretty cool, right? Especially because all I'm really doing is just going fishing. I mean, I was going to go regardless. So if I put some pictures up and people like it, awesome, you know? Yeah, that, that's how I found you. Uh, and and for those of you uh, wanting to know how to find it, it's, it's Modley, M-O-D-L-E-Y underscore crew, C-R-U-E underscore fishing. It's like Modley crew. I'm guessing that's where it's based Yeah. On. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of spun off that, right? Modley, Modley, kind of sounds the same. We're yeah, a bunch of... Uh, fun individuals that like to go out there and have fun so it fits awesome eric thanks so much for coming on really appreciate it and good luck the rest of the year thanks a lot chris i hope to talk to you again soon thanks for listening to the great lakes fishing podcast presented by fishhawk electronics for more information on fishing the great lakes visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com